0: This is
1: Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale.
0: Welcome to Bacon Sale, the Hickory Smoked Pop Culture Podcast starring Kent. Hey! Joel. Hey! And Jacob. Hooray! Welcome to Bacon Sale, the Hickory Smoked Pop Culture Podcast starring Kent. Hi. Joel. What's up? And Jacob. Yo. There you go. <laughs> so just twice. For good measure. Yeah. Just getting it right down there. It's, it fits that. Oh, we have a theme today. We always have. Wait, this isn't dating etiquette part two. (laughs) So I've got some issues. (laughs) (laughs) You guys didn't hear enough of that last. Let's talk about that some more. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the issues that Kent has. Actually, if I may, please thank you everyone for listening to the last show. I know we're like three fuddy duddies who are trying to talk about dating, but that was that was kind of part of the joke, right? Three, but Three Mormon, love, Mormon funny, funny daters who are like, when do I kiss a girl? Yeah, it's like classic <laughs> romance 101. Yes. But I would like to thank everyone for listening. I would like to warn all future females from listening to that show because it's a really big problem when you actually take someone on a date and they say, oh, I listened to your Bacon Cell episode. And I say, oh, no. What are future females exactly? Future They're females <laughs> from the future. Like Cylons, like number six? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like number Ugh. six. Yeah, you see, Growly Pants. <laughs> We're not getting back into Growly Pants. <laughs> yeah, Battlestar reference. Jacob, what are we talking about today? Twin movies, guys. Which what, is are, it, what are twin movies? Which All is a term trap, that, parent that parent we have coined. Uh, entirely, no one has thought of impact. this before us. The funny thing is, we originally called this show, and this was an idea from a listener. Mike Hilton, said, "Battle similar movies: Bugs Life versus Ants, Dante's Peak versus Volcano, etc." And so I was calling them clone movies, and so we had this idea for clone movies. But if you look up clone movies, it basically just pulls up movies about clones. So for me, they're one and the same. But they're, 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 these are duplicates, maybe not intentionally, but they always come out about the same time. They do, which is that's the weird thing. So we went through, and we looked, and they're called twin movies on Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge and truth. But uh, we went and looked at the list of twin movies out there because we could name a couple off the top of our heads. There was we wrote that Wikipedia page. The summer of 98, 3. I think, is pretty yeah. infamous for a lot of these. But we went through, we looked at them, and there were a ton on there, and we whittled them down to 19, I think. Yeah. 19 pairings. So uh, we're going to discuss them one at a time, one pair at a time. And then Ken and I are going to vote on which one we feel is better. Yeah, I, I feel like that's good. And then, Jake, are you going to break the tie on this one? I will one? break the tie. Okay. Getting ready to break the tie. I swear, I'm going to get a rad reference on every episode. Yeah, you're now. trying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Is that Jacob's growl? No. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Was that the end of the Mr. Be- Mr. Belvedere song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We should just have an episode full of me making different sounds. Hold on, I'm doing the Mr. Belvedere theme in my head now. <laughs> okay, just do it out loud. Rolling We're on a podcast. To our new arrival. Life is more than mere survival. And we just might live the good life yet.
1: Nailed it.
0: Well played, you guys. Well played. Yeah. Wow, Mr. Belvedere. I haven't thought of that in a long time. And here we are back to sitcom. Uh, It's our second sitcom episode. (laughs) (laughs) I love sitcoms. So we've got about 20 or so of these pairs, right? Is it 19 exactly? It's 19. It was like, I think we started with like 28 that we were thinking about doing and then we kept riddling right. down like well these don't really match up uh what was one of the examples just for like, example the shining and amityville horror yeah they were they yeah. were both about like a father families, going crazy families moving into places where people had been murdered and then the dad goes crazy right. and the mom is scared and then i i told, i brought up to kent i said look that's basically every single episode of a haunting on the discovery channel <laughs> like every one of them is exactly the same so we decided to go ahead and whittle that down to these ones, which we feel are the most representative of these twi- this twin movie epidemic, can we call it? Yeah. That, 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 that feels it. right. Because yeah. yeah, most of these movies are about epidemics. <laughs> well, I, <don't> <laughs> I mean, there is quite a trend, right? Do we want to talk about the general ideas now or... Or as we go, go just more. General ideas. Well, like, in, why does this happen? Like, well, like like is, are these competing studios? Like, is this planned? Do people get some sort of like well, idea about what's going to be popular next summer? If anyone does I, it? I watched a documentary, it was about Canon pictures, and Canon, they've made a lot of really terrible sequels in the 80s. I'm trying to remember, like, they actually made The Last Dragon, which is one of Joel's favorite movies oh, of all time. Oh, they made that? And th- what they did is they heard the other studios were making like big movies, and so they had basically enough money to make a movie and say that's a good idea let's make it with a no-name cast and really and release our movie before that one and so they would always copy an original idea and then bank on the fact that it, the studio is going to take a year to release it they'd release it in six months which and Interesting. there's and there's also those uh oh what are they called asylum knockoff oh, movies yeah where instead of pacific rim it's like an atlantic rim or like they, they oh, also yeah. like to do car or like the kids movies like there was like cars and then they had the little cars and it was like this but those are di- those are distinctly different though like, yeah. nobody knows that- but what they're what they want is people to go to redbox all these slackjawed right, people right, to right. go to redbox and be like Hey, what's Transmorphers? That's probably Transformers. And then they rented because it's a Friday night and you want to watch Transformers, I guess. exactly, And then you get something better in that case. (laughs) Yeah. 28 (laughs) days later, that's just like 28 days, right? No. It's not. I wish that was one of our
1: comparisons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so we went with the movies, and you're going to notice this here, movies that came out around the same time, mostly in the same year, With almost the exact same plot. and With each pairing, Kent and I will go ahead and kind of boil down what the movie's about, show why they're similar, and then, Jacob, we will discuss kind of why we think or why we know uh, these movies were similar. And then, of course, we'll we'll vote. And if Kent and I agree, then it's over. The argument's over. But if we don't agree... I think we will agree for the most part. We should agree for the most part. But uh, if we don't, then it's up to Jacob to break the tie. <laughs> <laughs> no! What do you think, you're like the next BB-8? <laughs> uh, Alright, Jacob, let's jump this is, into this. What is, what is happening? That's from the gaming episode. <laughs> <laughs> episode 16? 17. 17! 17. Yeah. I remember that episode, that was a good episode. Alright, we're ready, ready? Ready. Ready, ready, Freddy. First twin movie, Truman Show versus Ed TV. Truman Show from 1998 and Ed TV from 1999. Joseph, let's begin with you. Well, okay. So we got The Truman Show, which I guess the reason why these are similar, they, they're considered similar to one another, is these are both about people who are filmed all the time and posted on right. live TV. For example, give us you give us a synopsis for Truman Show, I'll do at TV. So Truman Show is the story of a man who is unknowingly being filmed 24 hours a day, played by Jim Carrey, and it's broadcast to the whole world, and they're all watching this guy grow up in this artificial environment. It's actually a darn good movie. Really, really, really good. And Ed TV? Ed TV is a movie about a video store clerk agreeing to have his life filmed by a camera crew for a television show. So he knowingly... And it's Ed Harris, right? Be, it's, it's, um, Ed Woody, Harris' Woody Woody Truman Show. He's what? Ed Harris's Truman Show. Oh, no, well, I was just thinking because it's Ed TV, but... Yeah. Oh, no. He's I forgot idiot. he's actually an instrument show, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jake jokes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Jake jokes. Uh. But it is essentially the beginning of reality TV. Maybe prophetic in a way. Yeah. Because people are doing that now. And this right. is this is the, or the late 90s. This is before... I mean, there was the real world. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of reality TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're both movies about people being filmed twenty four seven. The difference is the fact that Truman Show he doesn't know what's going on, and Ed TV he does know, and he being Matthew McConaughey. No, it's Woody Harrelson. Matthew McConaughey's right. the brother. That's right. Right. Yeah. All right. Because right. it ends up being more interesting with him. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Why do we think that these movies were made at the same time? Was this something that like we felt like we were being watched? Was there was there this paranoia that we had about being recorded? Even though this paranoia has definitely gone away by. Today's standards, people beg to have themselves filmed today, right. which is a weird. It's a weird world we live in when people are like, "I want privacy. Come film and film everything about my life and broadcast it on TV." It's like my phone. My phone records me all the time. That's all right. It's all <laughs> in my face all the time, all the time. I don't know. I don't know why these would have come out around the same time, and these were a year apart. About, but I do feel like. I mean, that's a bit of a spread, though, right? It's a bit of a spread, but at the same time, they're always compared to one another. I will say that Truman Show did outperform EdTV substantially. Uh, it made two hundred and sixty four two 264.1 million versus EdTV, which made 35. Well, Jim Carrey was still very bankable in 1998. Yeah. yeah. And a darn good performance by him as well. I agree. Possibly. I agree. One of my favorite Jim Carrey Would you say his first great performance? Well, see, I like his community. If you don't Ron's count Ace Ventura, as a great performance, or don't, don't you do. or The Mask, I don't like. I like all those, and I think they're great. But this was, I think, this is the movie that kind of showed the, the world. He can act when he wants to. I think it's really Ace Ventura 2 where he steps it up and really shows You us. mean when he... Don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just... No. That's the only part I remember about that movie. Is the rhinoceros when he's part? Yeah, when a rhinoceros gives birth to him. Okay, That's the rhinoceros is pretty funny, That was actually honestly. pretty funny. Yeah, like yeah. 14-year-old me was dying. What about... What about Chitty, what chitty about Bang Bang? about? You are 14. <laughs> I'm still dying. So... should chitty, uh, chitty, chitty bang bang Huh? Also... Driving yeah. through the jungle? That was fun. And this is something I'd like to point out that uh, apparently there is a... Psychological condition, a syndrome that they call the Truman Show delusion, that a psychiatrist came up with because he had five patients with uh, schizophrenia who believed their lives were, were reality television shows and that they were being filmed the whole time. In fact, one guy, and this is maybe not something to joke about, but it was something that happened. Well, that guy, he's very good. I mean, he basically cured me <laughs> of that. So, I don't know if I can make this serious comment now because Jacob just <laughs> turned it into a joke. Oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Joel. <laughs> but, please, please continue. Thank you. Uh, but when he saw the events of 9-11, he actually had to fly to New York to prove to himself that it actually happened because he thought maybe it was just something oh, the he wouldn't go. He wouldn't venture outside his bubble. Well, yeah. you're well, he said that he thought maybe the producers had fabricated that in order oh. to make his story more interesting. Wow. So that's how that's how, you know, weird some of these people are. Um, some fun facts actually about um, Truman Show is people on the set were forbidden from uttering phrases from Jim Carrey's past silly movies. So they couldn't <laughs> be like, smoking. All righty then! He, oh, he, was, he would get like, upset. Oh, that just, was in the contract. Oh, right, just to keep him in the right... Oh, that makes sense. He's practically a Daniel D. Lewis Kent. okay? Is he? Is he? <laughs> well, Man on the Moon, he kind of was. That's true. Yeah. You know, he I don't he don't totally like got into that, that one. And also, yeah, but his performance, though. Another fun fact, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, when they reviewed this film, they not only gave the film two thumbs up, which was their first for any Jim Carrey movie, they actually gave him an on-air apology, saying that... Because when they reviewed... Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. They said this man will never have a career in Hollywood. Wow! And so they apologized to him after <laughs> Truman Show. Wow, that's kind of funny, right? That is funny. Um, turns turns out, out they were right. <laughs> and and <laughs> oh my gosh, they were right. Now he had a career <laughs> oh for a little bit. <laughs> past tense. You notice know that I mean? he has past tense. There. He had one. Uh, but and I feel bad too because Edtv, directed by Ron Howard, and I love Ron yeah. Howard's work. And it's got Matthew B'gana, Hey, Woody Harrelson, Ellen Generous, Jenna Elfman. Like I like all these actors, but I got to give this one to Truman Show as the better twin. Easily the better twin. High five. All right. Next pairing up, Ants from October 1998 versus A Bug's Life, November 1998. One one month apart. I mean, how confusing is that marketing-wise? Like, do people even know which one they're going to see? Well, I think if you're looking for the one that's poorly animated compared (laughs) and has the voice of Woody Allen, (laughs) yeah, you know the difference. Oh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken, he did a great job in it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But so, Ants is a story about a rather neurotic ant who tries to break from a totalitarian society while trying to win the affection of the princess he loves. And a bug's life is basically three amigos. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> or Magnificent Seven. Or Magnificent Seven, yes. Which I, is I, I three yeah, yeah. 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 yes. But it's the story of, you know, the grasshoppers are going to try to take over the... The ants world. And so they try to hire these outside bugs to scare them off. Do the grasshoppers have names at all? Or? Nope. None the, of them.
1: You know, here's the thing. I,
0: I almost want to give the edge to Bugs Life because as one of the best Disney villains of all time. No, stop. So I actually oh, made myself a promise I sure. wasn't going to go I off about this. I didn't even think about that when this movie was on there. <laughs> and now I hate everyone. <laughs> <sighs> no, it's alright. I'm going to refrain because I know this could go on for 20 minutes. Well, and I do want to bring up, I, I did want to bring up the names because just to show you the difference between Ants, which was made by DreamWorks. Yes, their first animated film. Yeah, and then Bugs Life, which is Pixar Disney. But just listen to the characters' names, okay? So Ants has Flick, Hopper, Princess Atta, Dot, Queen, Molt, Slim, Heimlich, like all these one-syllable kind of simple names for kids to say. right? And then you get into Ants, and it's like uh, Z4195, that's the main character, General Mandible, Princess Bala, Corporal Weaver, Azteca, Colonel Cutter, and Staff Sergeant Bar- Barbados. They don't know how to do kids' names. No. Like, that's not kid friendly at all. And Ants was not kid friendly. It was not. In fact, there was casual swearing in this movie. Yeah. It's a <laughs> bit strange. It's can I tell you? It's been a long time uh, since uh, I've seen them. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. So, uh, when I was on my mission, <laughs> it's one of those. Stories. One of these, okay. Yeah. No, we were, we were, they at the Christmas party, they'd always show some sort of, you know, movie, Disney movie or something like that. And apparently they picked Ants, not knowing kind of what the movie was and we watched it and we we're all kind of like well that's an odd movie to pick and there was some stuff in there that we want huh you don't hear that on the mission when you know mission presence in the room and stuff like that okay sure. He didn't show it again. Like uh, like all the other sub- subsequent conferences that He didn't Christmas. watch it first or he didn't know? No, he didn't screen it. And then he watched it. And then every, uh, I think they got Prince of Egypt after that. It was, everyone else got Prince of Egypt. So I actually have reasoning. Love that movie. I have reasoning behind this one being a twin movie. And it may be a little bit conspiratorial, but I think Ooh, that the proof is no. on the pudding. Speculate like crazy. Kent. In fact, if, you go to, if, you were, if you're an avid reader of ShowtimeShowdown.com, you kids' know funny <laughs> is like today when I'm doing research for the show, I Google like, why were twin movies made and on the first page of Google, like six, five or six down is Showtime Showdown. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I wrote that. So actually, so I looked into this years and years ago. Totally forgot about it. But Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was part of Meow. Disney. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's embarrassing. No, anything with cats is good. I mean, he was part of Disney during like the Aladdin days and Lion King days and just like the heyday of Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, he left Disney right around like I think a little bit after Toy Story came out. But he kept in touch with John Lasseter and John Lasseter was like, OK, look, man, I know you're working for another studio, but I want to throw like basically brainstorm with you. I want to make this movie about bugs. Katzenberg's listening, going, I oh. got bugs in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Pearl Jam, No. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bugs. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they did OK in our bracket. Anyway, so <laughs> Bugs Life went into development. Meanwhile, Ants basically is announced out of nowhere, has a stellar voice cast and comes out. What was it? Stellar one month? voice cast. Yeah, I know. You have one month after. You yeah. have Christopher Walken. You have um, Sylvester Stallone. Woody Allen. Yeah, but these guys out, are true actors compared Dave to like Foley. Dave Foley. Dave Foley from uh, Kids in the Hall. Like I think Gantz actually has the better voice cast. But coming out one month after, though, isn't that just an instant disadvantage? It is, but it did manage to take away some of the Bugs Life Thunder, and because yeah, you know you look at the marketing, like you said, and it's a bit confusing. But it's also funny because apparently there was contention with when they wanted to release Ants and Bugs Life, and then DreamWorks was so bugged at Disney because they bugged. wanted to release <laughs> they wanted to release uh, Prince of Egypt, one of their movies, and Disney had an... Oh, what was it? There was another movie coming out at the same time, and they asked Disney to move it, and Disney said, nope, we're not playing ball with you anymore. Oh, okay. So maybe that started all like the strife? Yeah. Okay. It's possible. Interesting. And I know, and, and just statistic-wise, Bugs Life uh, tripled the money of Ants. And it also, but ants, but ants did very, very well. Ants, oh no, ants got 171 million. Wow. Domestically. Bugs Life got that was worldwide. Was it worldwide? I'm pretty sure. Okay, I looked it up. But and then Bugs got 363, but ants did outscore Bugs Life on Rotten Tomatoes. Ants got 96 percent. Bugs Life got 92 percent. Go Bugs Life.
1: Hmm.
0: Go Bugs Life. Yeah, because I don't care lower. about that site yeah. that you're just referenced. So it <laughs> means nothing to me. Every time. Every time we bring can't it resist up. it. Uh, fun fact, Randy Newman actually... It's like i begin like measurements and he'd be like, no, I use the metric system. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so the edge here, obviously, is Bugs Life. It's, it's a Pixar movie. Not according shirt. to Rotten Tomatoes, though. Okay. Whatever that is. <laughs> bugs Life is infinitely more watchable. Ants is about like psychology of bugs. It basically turned into B-movie 10 years later. I, I, yeah. I don't think Ants is watchable at all. And for me, this is opera territory. Yay! Yeah! Yay! <laughs> yeah. <right>. Bug's life <laughs> takes the win. Hopper takes the win. Next match. <laughs> I never said that. Thanks, Jake. I never said that. That's that's what I heard. Let's go with Deep Impact from May 1998 versus Armageddon from July 1998. Deep Impact. Unless a comet can be destroyed before colliding with Earth, only those allowed into shelters will survive. Which people will survive? <laughs> I love that that's in the description. <laughs> only which people. <laughs> 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 yeah. Only which people. You put <laughs> on a hat. Wicked only. <laughs> <room>. <laughs> and then this, uh, this movie is not the way I remembered it. <laughs> so that came out in May, and then Armageddon in July. Uh, you don't want to close your eyes. You don't want to fall asleep. No, because you'll miss something. Because there's, there's witches, and you don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen
1: Tyler. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you okay? <laughs> no, you my good? throat hurts. <laughs> right. Uh, So Deep Impact and Armageddon, we can boil it down. They're both about giant. And this this is a weird one. Yeah. (laughs) Within the span of two months, two big movies about giant asteroids about to apocalize the the world. Is that a word? No. And neither is asteroids being... (laughs) Anthropomorphized. That's a... Yeah. (laughs) I I think they're meteors, actually, when they 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 hit the Earth. When they hit the Earth, yeah, but the outside, they're asteroids. Yeah, but it's not about asteroids hitting the Earth. Well, they get them while they're asteroids away from space okay i don't know yeah it's not worth it <laughs> i don't care so in case you get them confused deep impact stars uh taya León, morgan freeman elijah wood uh, elijah Lili wood. Lili sobieski and from <laughs> joyride fame Lili Sobieski joyride fame i love joyride <laughs> i know you do that. love that that's movie. why i said that <laughs> and then armageddon stars ben affleck bruce willis Liv tyler is that harris in that one too No, I don't believe so. I just always picture him in the, in the control Anytime there's a space. Billy Bob Thornton. Ed Harris is always there in the background somewhere. Yes, somewhere. Ed TV. So Jacob, do you want to guess which one did better at the box office? Armageddon for sure. Correct. It's a Michael Bay movie. Of course it did. Yeah. Do you want to guess which one did better on Rotten Tomatoes? Hmm, Maybe Armageddon again. No, it's actually Deep Impact with forty eight percent. Remember Michael Bay (laughs) against Armageddon without against Armageddon's thirty (laughs) nine percent. Michael Bay made Armageddon. Just remember that. Yeah. 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 So actually, a little bit of history about this one is uh, Spielberg was like heavily relied on at DreamWorks. This was early days of DreamWorks, Mm -hmm. and uh, they went they went forward. They announced this project. DreamWorks. Wait. wait. Yeah, DreamWorks.
1: For Deep Impact.
0: For Deep Impact. Oh. Yeah, and so they're working on this one, and then all of a sudden, Touchstone is like. Hey, we've got a movie called Armageddon. Michael Bay's attached. And Armageddon was almost fast-tracked to completion and came out uh, just before uh, Deep Impact. And uh, Spielberg Mm -hmm. got really upset and wanted to sue Touchstone. But, you know, they just went forward with it anyways. And, uh, you know, obviously, Armageddon became the bigger movie of the summer. Mm -hmm. And Deep Impact is maybe a little bit more forgotten, would you say? Except for Morgan Freeman being president. uh, Mm Although astronomers describe Deep Impact as being more scientifically accurate. Mmm. They call them meteors. <laughs> uh, and then Roger Ebert said about uh, Armageddon, it's on his list of most hated films. Wow. And his an original view, Ebert stated, the movie is an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. Oh. And yet it was nominated for four Academy Awards. Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, fun fact about Deep Impact, a line was edited in Morgan Freeman's, his press conference scene. All right. I'm and ready. he said, life will go on. Life will go on. We will prevail. We, we, we will pr- prevail. We will prevail. Or er, <laughs> prevail. <laughs> this is not Armageddon. This is not Armageddon. That was in the script. Well, he said that? Yeah, but they <laughs> cut it. They cut it because, you know, it literally says, this is not Armageddon. Like We are or going to enough? cancel the apocalypse. Well, but it came out first. Yeah, but they knew that both movies were coming out, Like, and they knew... We can't just say that. That's too like tongue-in-cheek. Well, yeah. and according to Bruce Joel Rubin, the writer of Deep Impact, a production president at Disney, took notes on everything the writer said during lunch about his script and initiated Armageddon as the counter film at Disney. Hmm. This may have been espionage. It may so, have been.
1: Hmm. Dun, dun, dun.
0: All right. Oh, also, I did want to say this, that... Uh, Actually, after Deep Impact came out, Joe Roth, one of the producers, expanded the film's budget, expanded Armageddon's budget by $3 million to include additional special effects to show themselves, like they showed it in a trailer just to show how cooler they were than Deep Impact. Ah, that's smart. There was a rivalry here. So who's the better twin, Joel? Yeah, let's hear it. (sighs) You know what? Here's here's the issue. Choose between these ugly babies. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) That's how I feel because I remember I I watched Deep Impact at a drive-in movie theater, and I remember watching it. It always kind of taints the experience. Well, it it always yeah, it lowers it by like a half star if you watch the movie. But I remember watching it, going, "This is kind of ridiculous." Like the whole movie, I was kind (laughs) of, and then Armageddon. I watched it, and I'm like, "They have a guy riding a giant missile, like goofing around. Like it was just so bizarre and and tongue in cheek, and then also just the fact that they can't train astronauts to be drillers but they can train drillers to be astronauts on the dvd commentary ben affleck is is he's talking about uh, it's about a minute and a half long go find it on youtube if he can it's a little bit coarser language but he says doesn't anyone else find this ridiculous that they would train these oil drillers to become astronauts in 90 (laughs) days and not these astronauts who are brilliant minds to drill a hole yeah, <laughs> like he's like, think about that for a second. Just yeah. ripping on the movie. Well, and actually he did say he, he approached Michael Bay with that question. And Michael Bay told him to shut bleep up. Right. Basically. And then he's like, "Great well, got to work with. And that was the end of that argument. So, but I'm going to have to give this one to Armageddon. I think it's the more enjoyable of the two. While Deep packed, it takes itself more seriously. I would prefer to watch Armageddon. Huh, we're finally going to have a fight. Deep impact. It's a better you movie. That? You yeah. knew you picked the other one. It's a better movie. It's a smarter movie. Honestly, I think Morgan Freeman is great as the president. The concepts they use of hiding everyone, and remember, there was there were two impacts that were going to happen, two big threats, and like the threats were real. The only threat in Armageddon was like, hope everyone on Earth is okay. Let's see these cowboys up in space. Except for, and I would I would agree with you there because one of the asteroids, spoiler, does hit the Earth in the Deep Impact and cause mm-hmm. the giant tsunami that they could have gotten away from if they would have walked five no, feet the No, if you get beach. on a dirt bike and ride up a hill, you're good. You're good. But then I have to give it to Armageddon simply because that, uh, spoiler alert, to Bruce Willis' death scene when he blows up and you see his whole life flash. He for dies? Eyes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The whole, haunt. the whole Dang time. the Dang it, Joel.
0: But then instead of showing him die, it shows his whole life flash before his eyes. You see him and his daughter growing up, and it's a very warm, it's a very touching moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you mean the, the animal cracker touching moment? Is that what you meant? No. Oh, not that part. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have the song, too, which I referenced when I first talked about this movie, because I don't remember any songs or memorable things from Deep yep, Impact. A song makes a better movie. Billy Bob Thornton had admitted to doing Armageddon for the money and often jokes about acting in it. He has, however, called it not that bad. Steve Buscemi <laughs> was asked about why he did the film, and he said, I wanted a bigger house. We got dif- to distinguish which <laughs> film. Armageddon. No both of these are Armageddon. <laughs> and the last thing, the cuts in Armageddon, like if you put it all together, 1.5 seconds each cut. Like this movie is the beginning of Moulin Rouge. But I w- But Michael Bay has said that I, I trust Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he said that, that the, the movie was basically taken away from them at the end. Like they had to meet this deadline. They had to, you know, go at this time. For espionage. And yeah, essentially. But uh, and so he said that he regrets the way it was filmed to me because they had to rush that third act because they had to get it done. So if he could do it over again, he said he would go a little bit better. But I still think it turned out quite nicely. Jake, can't you do you do a good Steve uh, Buscemi? Hey, Buscemi. fellow kids, Buscemi. How do you say? that? Buscemi. Buscemi. This is not. I do the Armageddon. My eyes when I get really tired are basically <laughs> Steve Buscemi eyes. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with Deep Impact yeah. because Armageddon. always go with Armageddon is a terrible, terrible, terrible. Fun film. fact: Just remember what Ebert said. He did Fun not fact. say that about, and he's right. So, yeah. a, a coworker of mine, he asked me, "Hey, what what episodes of Bacon Shell, Bacon Shell should I listen to?" Because you know, there's 100 episodes. I don't want to listen to all of them. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. But I just said, "Oh yeah, I can I can make a highlight reel for you." I made I sent him like 36 episodes. That's not good. <laughs> good luck. But, but he's working through them, and he came to me just this week and said. You know how you always joke about how uh, Jacob always sides with Kent? He really does. <laughs> and I went, I know, right? Jake. All right. Well, Best in, buddies. You know, a minute ago when you were like, you knew he was going to pick Deep Impact? And that's because I was like, I would never pick Armageddon. <laughs> I was like, pretty <laughs> sure Kent wouldn't we're either. We're both using logic. <laughs> yeah, logic goes a long way sometimes. I'm going with emotion. All right. Next matchup. Let's do something more modern. Olympus has fallen. March of 2013 versus White House down, June of 2013. Again, this was very confusing. Okay, Olympus has fallen, disgraced secret service agent and former presidential guard Mike Banning finds himself trapped inside the White House in the wake of a terrorist attack. Oh, no. Using his inside knowledge, Banning works with national security to rescue the president from his kidnappers. Oh, yeah. And uh, mine is Magic Mike Helps Ray (laughs) Escape the White House. These are totally twin
1: movies.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think you mean, uh, what's his character in Spider-Man? Oh, Electro. Yeah, so he helps Electro escape. Yeah, Electro escape. That'd be good. So, the um, Olympus is Fallen came out March 2013. White oh, House do want, Down do came out June, June 2013. Do you want me to give me the, real, the real thing here? So no, while, you're good. I, you pretty much to, have it. While on a tour with his White House with his young daughter, a Capitol policeman springs into action to save his child and protect the president from a heavily armed group of... Parli- parliamentary? <laughs> Paramilitary <laughs> invaders. Parliamentary. <laughs> Parliamentary invaders. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, Olympus of Fallen uh, stars Gerard Butler and Aaron Eckhart. White House uh, down stars Chang Tatum and Jimmy Fox, just to keep them apart. And they came, once again, a couple months apart. Yeah. I don't get this one. one I don't, yeah, one's directed by Antoine Fuqua. I like just saying that name because so, it's a little bit risky. <laughs> it is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other's directed by Roland Emmerich. Yes. And Roland Emmerich of Independence Day Resurgence fame did White House Oh, down. come on. Resurgence fame. He's, he's made some good movies. Yeah, famous? like 10,000 BC. Nope. Stop. Um, like 2012.
1: <laughs> Poor Roland Emmerich. <laughs> Look,
0: 2012 did what it was supposed to do. Like, that's just the truth. What? Make suck? John Cusack a star. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Where's John Cusack? Poor John, Q- these are or the, John Cusack. these are the same thing. One has North Korea attacking the White House and actually should have been a really terrible movie. This is Olympus Has Fallen. And I, I went in, and Joel, you, you haven't seen either of these, right? No, I actually haven't. Uh, oh, wow, really? Yeah, like I, I had to do research for the show on a couple of these, because some I'd seen both, some I'd seen only one, some I'd seen neither. And this is one of those where I went, man, I really need to watch at least one of these. But they're both terrible from what I hear. Right. I would say uh, most of these twin movies, they're they're just bad. It's mm-hmm. choosing ugly not, babies, as not, you said. Not all, though. Not all. We'll not get to all, the good ones. Yeah, But it is weird how like these twin movies, it's like almost they split the vote, and it's not quite as strong because right. they took the, yeah. the fun of both of them. And so Olympus Has Fallen actually surprised me by being enjoyable. It was, it's no Die Hard, so I'm not making that comparison, but it's kind of like Die Hard in the White House. Whereas White House Down really wanted to be Die Hard in the White House, but was just terrible. Jamie Foxx with like a rocket launcher in like, <laughs> in a limousine shooting it at the White House. It was just cringeworthy bad. Well, and Sony lost a lot of money uh, there that summer. And they bl- the the... They basically blamed it on White House Down, saying it's the key reason for the weakness was that flop. Yeah. They, they put a lot of money into that. And so I'll make the choice here. It is Olympus Has Fallen has the clear lead uh, of the two bad movies. You know, I can't like I remember watching it, but I can't remember anything from it. Like I, I remember Logan Gerard and- in it. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, not as the president this time, which is kind of weird. I was yeah, demoted. Yeah, it's Aaron Eckhart, right? Because of my work with the penguins. I saw London Has Fallen as well. Oh, it's terrible. London Has Fallen is actually terrible. Hmm. But it's still got a sequel. White House Down, not getting a sequel. No. So we're getting this one no. to Olympus Has Fallen? Yes. Joel, you're not even going to vote because you haven't seen him. I should have I should the research, and then you could have broken the tie. What would you say? yeah you're probably right actually Hopefully. thank you i'm glad we got added the extra <laughs> minute on I, this wanted, one. I, w- I wanted to fight you on it but i'm like how am i going to defend that nope. channing tatum and jamie fox come although on. i will tell you this though i remember that movie better i remember white house down better like i remember different scenes from it because i remember laughing at it quite a bit so it's because become it's more memorable. so bad like at the end when she's waving the flag oh in the my air. gosh i hated that and the jets <laughs> are flying over yeah yeah that's yeah. a true michael bay moment we talk talking about the rock <laughs> yes mm. all, right. all right what's the next one next match is tombstone december 1993 versus wyatt earp june 1994 so these are a little more spread apart but still uh, well i'll read the synopsis for tombstone a successful lawman's plans to retire anonymously in tombstone arizona are disrupted by the count of kind of outlaws he was famous for eliminating i got an accent midway through there yeah it's because he's actually a planet so it's just the manifestation Ooh. of his body that's come to retire. I knew it. And uh, White Earp? White Earp is a movie about a man and his family. <laughs> the movie shows come us the on. good times and the bad times of one of the West's most famous individuals. That is the worst description ever. Is that IMDb? Or is it just the yeah. worst reading ever? <laughs> I, yeah. Put a little more emotion into it. White Earp is a movie about a man and his family who will survive. In world. Tombstone starring Kurt Russell and Belle Kilmer and White starring kevin costner, costner. <laughs> do you like how we're already like whoa, 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 giving whoa. away our play no i'm gonna fanboy a little bit here i loved tombstone as a kid and val kilmer is awesome in this movie we're not saying tombstone isn't i know i'm just saying um, i'll be your huckleberry yeah right oh my gosh i need to watch that movie again my wife loves tombstone loves it it's one of her favorite movies. how could you not love tombstone i know can i can i uh, bash on kevin costner a little bit here Oh, um, come on. This is a bad time for him. So the postman. Right. But yeah. Coster was actually World. involved with Tombstone. Mm-hmm. He was originally going to be part of that. But then he disagreed uh, with the focus of the movie. He felt the emphasis should have been on a Wyatt Earp rather than the ensemble of characters. So he left the project and teamed up with these other guys to produce his own movie. Then he used his clout to convince most of the major studios to refuse to distribute the competing film. which really? is Why they had a uh, hard time casting the project. They had a hard time casting Tombstone? Yeah, apparently. Well, they have a great cast. Yeah. I know. So it's like they didn't. Ha- they couldn't get Kevin Costner, though. Oh. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Tombstone, without the Doc Holliday character, without Val Kilmer in that role, mm-hmm. would have not been the same. No, definitely not the like same. Like, Kurt Russell is great at Wyatt Earp and everything, but yep. it's Doc Holliday who makes that movie. He is your Huckleberry. And it's Man. a delicious frozen pizza. <laughs> is it? Tombstone. Uh, is it, is out it of the better frozen than Pizzas? DiGiorno? Yes. I don't like DiGiorno. This is a different show This is we actually planned a year ago. This actually a show. A this is oh, yeah, actually a show. Frozen, frozen pizza show. Frozen pizza show. <laughs> and then we had the layoffs, <laughs> and we didn't do it. Tombstone, so. <laughs> easily. <laughs> Tombstone, easily. Yeah, Tombstone. Sweet, sweet Tombstone. I do, I do want to uh, just kind of dig into White Earp a little bit more here. No, so. do. And If you have any other cool Tombstone we'll just, facts, that'd be cool. Tombstone made about $56 million domestically, and White made $25 million, so about you know, less than half. But uh, it had... I've got to get these straight. So, Wyatt Earp took in $25 million and they had a $63 million budget. And then Tombstone only had a $25 million budget, but they made $56 million. Okay. That's there all they go. made? So, well, I mean, domestically. Hmm. Do you remember how back in, the, how, back in, the, in like the 90s, though, if you made $50 million, I mean, like you had a low budget, because budgets were smaller back now then. Now, $50 million is nothing. Now, it's nothing because a movie costs $150 million to yeah, market and produce. true. Roger Ebert also said, Wyatt plays as if they took Tombstone and pumped it full of hot air. Oh, that's about right, actually. And it always just felt like, hey, Tombstone was really successful. Let's make another one. Mm-hmm. Except let's make it longer and mm-hmm. less interesting. Yeah. And about <laughs> the one character. sold. Doc Holliday. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. We already, we already had a one, but I just wanted to dig into Wyatt a bit more. My random thing. This reminds me of my 14th birthday. I had a bunch of free time and I literally watched Tombstone two times in a row. Cause I I like this so you a much. Sad child. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Actually, I was like, Oh For my gosh, this wait, hold is on. the coolest. For my hold birthday, on. I want to did...
1: watch Tombstone twice. <laughs> <laughs> why why, I why do I have voice. that voice? Why it's like that... Southern voice. <laughs>
0: you hadn't, your voice hadn't dropped yet. Oh, did any friends come to your birthday, Jake? uh no i didn't have a party on that day no one yeah. came to my tombstone party <laughs> <laughs> my party is okay
1: <laughs> get it i got it uh, right uh, yeah. oh come on what kind of ice, <laughs> what kind of
0: ice cream did he have there <laughs> huckleberry oh okay like we didn't see that coming <laughs> that's why i was waiting for you to say it <laughs> no we just wanted you to sit there awkward silence all right like next you at your birthday party it, oh that was yeah. that was the yeah. idea that was the idea yeah <laughs> all right All right, next movie matchup is Dante's Peak from February 1997 versus Volcano, (laughs) April 1997. I feel like this is the quintessential movie twin thing because who makes volcano movies? Yeah, maybe I should have saved this one for the end. Why then? That is so bizarre. All right, you want to do Dante's Peak summary? A volcanologist, and I swear that's a real thing, (laughs) 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 live long and prosper. (laughs) By the way, I do know the longest... You just like these words that sound like a little too edgy. uh, I think it was because of this movie I memorized the longest word in the dictionary, which is pneumon ultramicroscopic microscopic volcano comiosis. Really? I thought it was... uh, Oh, no, I can't even do it anymore. I don't remember what it was. Necrobiosis poetica diabeticorum. Hold on. Let's say at the same time. Look, we're just going to make a I think yours might be longer. Just by four letters. Hmm. <laughs> it's science, <laughs> folks. And on the next episode of Bacon Cell, <laughs> we try words. to outdo each other <laughs> <laughs> with the words. Mine is a rash that the diabetic skit, by the way. Oh, really? Mine is a volcanic disease. Wow. I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> All right, go ahead. A volcanologist arrives at a countryside town recently named the second most desirable place to live in America.
1: Why am I reading this? Why did <laughs> it say that? I love it. What Dante's does that have Peak? to do with anything. This,
0: the second most desirable place to live in America. And discovers <laughs> that the long dormant volcano, Dante's Peak, may wake up at any moment. And then mine is from Volcano. A volcano erupts in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> what? Yes, downtown Los Angeles, <laughs> threatening to destroy the oh, city. No. Much like Deep Impact, uh, Dante Speak is considered more accurate than Volcano about volcanic <laughs> eruption. Well, which one was Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, it was, it was Volcano. Volcano. The leading man, the leading romantic lead, Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Heche.
1: But okay, okay,
0: <laughs> feel the burn. So, I mean, Mount St. Helens erupted in what, 1980? Yeah, and or, that was a big thing. But why, 18 years later, 17 years later, did we get? Two movies months apart from each other about volcanoes. Well, think about it. We had Twister in 1995, I think, and so natural disasters were a big thing again. They were a thing. Kind of like the 70s were all about natural disasters that kind of came back. And they said, What's scary? Volcanoes? Hmm. Let's try this. I guess. It just seems bizarre. Uh, also, quoting uh, Roger Ebert again. <laughs> wow, this is like the Roger Ebert tribute show. Moment of silence. Uh, he said, it said the volcano costs a lot more than Dante's Peak, a competing volcano movie released two months ago. But it doesn't look it. Dante's Peak had better special effects, a more entertaining story, and a real mountain. Roger Ebert. And a real mountain? Apparently, the mountain in Dante's Peak was very fake-looking to him. I don't remember it that well. In fact, the only thing I really remember about, uh, I think it was Volcano, was when the lava is going on these car tires, and the car tires all start to explode. Because in Volcano, it's a there's an earthquake, and the the lava comes from under the ground. Under the
1: ground,
0: and it basically it's like a slow crawl across L.A. And they spend the whole movie trying to divert the flow. And John Cusack's just Say driving H2 ahead 0. of it, just barely the whole time, <laughs> never divert right, the flow. Whereas, like Dante speak, there are, there are, there's risk here. Like there are people burned in like acidic pools. I mean, it is coming off the mountain. There's like all pyroclastic you know, explosions and everything like that. It's actually kind of fun to watch. Wait, which one Bond. are you saying right Dante's now? Dante's Peak oh, okay. with James Bond and uh, Sarah Connor. Kind of cool. Kind of mm. cool. And they're actually pretty close uh, financially. $178 million for Dante's Peak, $122 million for uh, Volcano. All right, take your pick, gentlemen. Dante's Peak. This is the quintessential Volcano movie. <laughs> On my list of Volcano movies, <laughs> this is number one. Except I'm going to have to go with Volcano. How? Because How in the world can you Because the only thing hotter than that Volcano is Tommy Lee Jones' love for Anne <laughs> Anne I just remember the, <laughs> I, It Truthfully, it's because I remember more of Volcano than I do of Dante's Peak. And well, I thought, you just had that tires be, popping from Volcano. That was all you remember. That's, well, well, that's, that's is one not of the two things I actually make. remember. But that's, at least I remember that. Dante's Peak, I'm like, yeah, I remember the poster. You don't but. remember the grandma dying? In, in nope. like the, the river flow? All That's right. a sad part. Next, Bacon Stale sleepover? Or Bacon we're watching Stale? disaster movies all night. No. Starting with these two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd sooner watch Dante's Peak than Volcano any day. I'd watch Volcano... Pierce Brosnan to- over Tom- crusty old Tommy Lee Jones? Okay. A Bond who killed the Bond franchise... Versus that, that is Tommy harsh. Lee Jones from The Fugitive, the perfect looking Bond who is in one really good Bond movie. Whoa, <laughs> some true feelings just came out. Oh my hello, gosh. <laughs> hello, and Pierce.
1: Sarah, Sarah
0: Connor <laughs> versus Ellen's girlfriend and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, the choice is easy. It's Chuckie Rama. <laughs> uh, I hate to do it but I'm going to side with Kent again
1: <laughs>
0: do you hate to do it well do I mean, you logic well, I, once again I like to be right so I better side with Kent <laughs> <laughs> alright so Dante's peak wins Finding Nemo versus Shark Tale Finding Nemo is 2003 and Shark Tale the following year 2004 and it does feel a little unfair to compare these two but at the same time it's that they're both underwater movies from with you know Marine Life is the main characters, both aimed at kids. So. Sort of. <laughs> finding Nemo, the synopsis is essentially really bad stuff happens for the entire movie and will stress out your kids. Yeah. The end. <laughs> no, Nemo Nemo gets lost and his dad has to go find him and he meets Dory and then Dory gets a sequel. That's the synopsis. Yeah, Shark Tale is basically r- trying really hard to be a Martin Scorsese movie but while using racist stereotypes. Martin <laughs> Scorsese movie? How is it a Martin Scorsese movie? Just like it, Will Martin Smith. Martin in it. It's a gangster film. Underwater, but Will Smith plays the lead character. I just remember it had a bunch of like real, like famous actors, and it was Yeah, Jack Black, Will Smith, Robert uh, De Niro, yeah, Renee Zellweger, Angelina Jolie. By the way, Renee Zellweger is in pretty much every animated film of the late 90s, early 2000s. She was. What was up with that? Who are you guys talking about? (laughs) Oh, you don't recognize her anymore. (laughs) Oh, no, that's Fiona Apple.
1: (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) What is going on? So yeah, Nemo creams, uh Shark Tank, Shark Tale. <laughs> the fact that you forgot the name shark of the movie tail at the box <laughs> office—almost Nine almost one billion dollars for Nemo. Where wow. Shark is Shark, Shark Tale did it okay with three hundred and sixty-seven million. That's more than okay. But Nemo, ninety-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Shark, I keep want to say Shark Tank. Shark Tale, thirty-five percent. Here's what I love, <whistles> and, and I feel like this is every Pixar pitch meeting. Where Andrew Stanton, one of the directors and creators of Pixar, like was talking to John Lasseter and he says, I've got a movie for you. And he talked for an hour about his pitch for Finding Nemo. And then Lasseter says, stop. Hammer time. You had me at fish.
1: <laughs> like that's all <laughs> oh you gosh. need to do. You need to go to and Pixar
0: and where was cast. I've got a movie. It's about cars. What should we call it? Cars. Cars. Like when he said... Well, they didn't call this one Fish. They didn't. Thank goodness. Shark. (laughs) Tail. Shark tail. Exactly. Shark tail. By the way, uh, Finding Nemo is the best-selling DVD title of all time. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Right. And the highest-grossing G-rated film of all time before Toy Story 3 overtook it. Uh, The anti-Italian defamation, league protested the Shark Tail's release, even after changes to the film were made to appeal to them, and they still disavowed the film. Because the whole movie is like, here's the Jewish fish here's the Italian stereotype fish and it just kind of, here's the vegetarian fish who's a little bit effeminate. Every character is a stereotype. Mm -hmm. And this movie is really poorly animated as well. I know it's in the early days of animation, but just everything is off. Whereas Finding Nemo... 2004, they actually do some pretty incredible stuff. They do. From the technical aspect, yeah. yeah. So, Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo. Yeah, like that had a chance. Kent, I want to point out that Ken has voted for two Pixar movies. I know. I you did this on too. purpose. I was about to that. Shame on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Basically. loves Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> loves
0: Pixar. <laughs> wants to marry it. He wants to ask it if he can kiss it. <laughs> I want to give it the claw. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. All right. Mission to Mars. March... Of two thousand versus Red Planet, November of two thousand. <laughs> I remember when this came out too. It was so confusing. The, no, and, and you look at the posters. it's it hard wasn't to tell one because the you other. didn't care. <laughs> Well, that's what happens, right? You see it, and you're like, I don't get it. I don't care about either one. So yep. you, want, you want to read the mission from then Mars? Then I just go watch Transmorphers. <laughs> Transmorphers? More than meets your ocular. <laughs> <laughs> when the first manned mission of Mars meets with a catastrophic, mysterious disaster, after reporting an unidentified structure, a rescue mission is launched to investigate the tragedy and bring back any survivors. So that's a little different, because Red Planet is astronauts. And their robotic dog, Amy... <laughs> Which stands for autom- Is this Congo? Aut- Autonomous <laughs> Mapping uh, Evaluation Innovation. Search for solutions to save a dying Earth by searching on Mars, only to have the mission go terribly awry. Who uses Terribly Awry anymore? <laughs>
1: uh,
0: this was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, Mission to Mars does have the music by en- Enico Morricone. Oh. See? En- Just en- having Enico that Morricone. makes you like. And I it's pre- directed by Bar- Brian De Palma, too. Mission to Mars. Have you guys both seen these? I have not seen Red Planet. I think I saw Mission to Mars. I have not seen either They're all, one. They're all blurred in my head. But can I tell you something funny about uh, Red Planet? So, uh, starring do. Val Kilmer, Karen Moss, and Tom Sizemore. And apparently this is the movie that ruined Tom Sizemore and Val Kilmer's relationship. Oh, how sad. Kilmer reportedly became enraged when he discovered that production had paid for Sizemore's exercise machine to be shipped to the set. Kilmer shouted, "I'm making 10 million on this. You're only making 2," to which Sizemore responded by throwing a 50-pound weight at Kilmer, which missed. The two were. So- How do you throw a fifty pounds weight? He ate it. Yeah, Kilmore, Kilmer then ate the weight. Oh no!
1: <laughs> the two. I'm were, like, where are you going? Oh, Here is the best yeah. part,
0: though. The two were soon refusing to speak to each other or even come onto the set if the other were present, necessitating the use of body doubles to shoot scenes involving both actors. How terribly embarrassing for humans! Even, I know. Even in the movie, uh, Kilmer would never say Tom Sizemore's character's name. He actually just said, "Hey, you." Hey, you. Like, what a jerk. Yeah. By the way, Jacob, and this is just... I I, I hope to not put you on the spot. I thought this was very basic knowledge. I just wanted to bring it up to you. Do you know the four letters of the genetic code? You mean, like, X, Y... No, no, no. Like, those are chromosomes. Like, the G... No, I have no idea. No? Okay. Kent? No idea. What? I want to make a joke here, but I can't even think of one. That's why Gattaca no is called Gattaca because it's G A T C, like when the genetic codex is Gattaca. Oh, that sounds familiar? So it's pretty common, especially if you're doing a movie about science. In this movie, they call it A, G, T, and P. They didn't even get that right. And I remember being like, well, that's just ridiculous. And Red Planet is a bomb. It had a budget of eighty million. It only made thirty three million. Eighty million budget, and it only made. 33. Man, they screwed that up. It's yeah. all size Sizemore's fault <laughs> for throwing weights around. Yeah, I mean he's he's oh. a weird dude, right? He's these. And the weird. guy, the guy that directed it, uh, Anthony Hoffman. It was his only feature film. He, oh. He only did uh, television commercials before, then and after. <laughs> and after, <laughs> it's really his only directing credit. So yeah, can Mission, I choose neither? No, you have to choose one. I've, I, I'm gonna choose one I've seen, and I don't remember a thing about it. I think there may be aliens at the end, and that's Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. I'm glad you guys agreed, so I didn't have to make an arbitrary decision. <laughs> that's pretty much all a bacon sell. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one who defines meaning here. I'm the one who agrees <laughs> with you. You better watch out. Oh, Madagascar 2005 versus The Wild 2006. Which, if you look at the posters for these, just the posters alone, Mm -hmm. you will see that they are the exact same movie. It's almost creepy, like with the lion and the giraffe, although there was a koala in the wild. But Ken, you want to take the first one again? The Wild. It's about an adolescent lion. Oh, so an adolescent lion is accidentally shipped from New York Zoo to Africa. Oh, no. Now running free. His zoo pals must put aside their differences to help bring him back. (laughs) Okay, now let's do Madagascar. It's all about King Julian. Yes. Spoiled by their upbringing and unaware of what wildlife really is, four animals from the New York Central uh, New York Central Zoo escape unwittingly. unwittingly oh, I can't even talk. Unwittingly assisted by four absconding penguins. Who wrote this? Absconding <laughs> penguins, penguins and find themselves in Madagascar. It's so, the second most desirable zoo in New York. <laughs> a New York Zoo going to Africa. Exactly the same. Here's what's interesting. Why the wild may actually be a, a better animated film directed by steve quote spaz williams what that's the name of the director of the wild steve spaz starring Keeper sutherland as a lion which is actually kind of works i would i would watch that yeah uh, have you watched it <laughs> is it a disney nobody would is the wild a disney movie it it, it might be because does it, does it in, mean in sweden and the uk the wild is considered a film in the disney classic canon and that actually excludes the film Dinosaur. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why that's a fun fact. About the wild, I'm going to use some language here. So please, parents, cover your children's ears. Yes, a first for make-and-sell. Critic Mike Sage wrote Don't be mistaking this for a Madagascar, at least talking about the wild. Don't be mistaking this for a Madagascar ripoff when it was that sloppy DreamWorks turd that only managed to make it to theaters first because of corporate espionage. Family friendly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Mike Sage seems like a nice guy but <laughs> but what The Wild is, is a mess 20% Rotten Tomatoes only 102 million whereas Madagascar has spawned er, got 532 million spawned two sequels and got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes and also I like Woo-hoo. King Julian I actually really enjoy that character which one's King Julian he's the Lima King Julian oh. Sacha Baron Cohen it, it actually wasn't meant to be a big character but because it's Sasha Baron Cohen he was really famous at that time yeah they're like give him more lines and having seen uh, the sequels, they're not terrible. And actually, I watched Penguins of Madagascar. Three is terrible. I, I don't remember hating it. Oh, but it was awful. I watched Penguins of Madagascar, which I thought I was going to hate. Actually kind of funny. So. I thought I knew you. Madagascar. That was his favorite movie. Madagascar. That summer. Whatever summer that was. Madagascar. All right. Next match. Okay. Let's do Paul Blart Mall Cop, January 2009 versus Observe and Report, April 2009. Paul Blart mall cop. When a shopping mall is taken over by a gang of organized crooks, it's up to a mild-mannered security guard to save the day. What? A security guard? That is so weird, Kent. Could he save it? Let's find out. On his segue. Do you want to know why that's weird? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Hey, look, look. Kevin's on a Segway and he's fat. Kevin, are you first name basis with Kevin James? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, that's weird. I'm so sorry for all the offense I've given him over the years. And then uh, Observe and Report. Bipolar mall security guard Ronnie Barnhart is called into action. But when Barnhart can't bring the culprit to justice, a surly police detective is recruited to close the case. Joel, you kind of missed part of the uh, description there. Isn't it it Kevin James and both of them? (laughs) Well, it kind of feels like that. It does. But basically, Observe and Report is the raunchy version of Paul Blart Mall Cop. That's pretty much the only big difference there. Well, Seth Rogen said this. He said, we knew the whole time about each other's movies. You know, we're friends. We know these guys. So we would literally send each other pictures of the wardrobe just to make sure we weren't stepping on each other's toes. He says they're totally different movies. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Except they're not totally different movies. They're not totally different movies. But they are actually. They weren't marketed differently. But if you watch Observe and Report, I don't know if you've seen this, Joel. It's a really dark movie. I've heard. Like you think it's going to be kind of slapstick and it's Seth Rogen just doing a stupid laugh. So it's basically very bad things. It's it's kind of like a very bad oh things in a mall. And it's of. it's uncomfortable to watch. There's maybe better quality jokes in Observe and Report. But I still don't remember anything about the movie. Whereas Paul Blart, man, I don't want to make a choice on this one. <laughs> hey, uh, just so you know, uh, Roger Ebert gave Paul Blart Mall Cop three stars out of four. <gasps> <gasps> oh, he, What's I want to make it I want to make a joke about sanity <laughs> in anyways but I'm not going to um according to an interview at Jay Leno Kevin James did all of his own stunts mm-hmm. <laughs> he fell down all the time wow um and that's actually Paul Blart is the first ever movie released in the month of January to gross over 100 million wow wow pretty crazy right I mean, Paul Blart Malcoppa giving it to that one it's for me it's Observe and Report because it actually takes itself seriously has a story and doesn't rely on slapstick except for the fact that paul blart mall cop is now a household name and And has a great sequel and has a sequel and i feel like it i mean it definitely did win here in uh box office with 183 million versus observe and report had 26 million right but for me it's the ensemble like for example michael peña is in observe and report and it's just it's you loved him in ant-man oh loved him it's actually... Once you get married. I just love... I love making Kent say he likes these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, by my tone, I mean this. But I have to say Observing Report because in a world where I vote for Paul Blart Mall cop, In a world. ...is the last day I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and so it has to be Observing Report, even though I don't care about either. Hmm. How to choose between these two turds. Hmm. <laughs> family think. friendly, Jacob. He's, <laughs> he's quoting that other, that angry <laughs> yeah. reviewer. Yeah. That was for Madagascar in the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, darn. That's for children's movies. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Paul Blart's a children's movie. Yep. It's a family movie. A family friendly movie. But, but Observer Report knows its audience, the Seth Rogen audience. Yeah, but. And it's this is the like, same time as Pineapple but it's Express. it's it's didn't go see it in droves. Paul Blart, mall cop. He only did that yeah. because yeah. he's been choosing my side. Yeah. No, it's because know, you choose family. No. No, Paul Blard's obviously more successful. It's, you know, it's more approachable. It's a better movie. You just didn't want to pick it. I will never vote for that in any world. (laughs) All right, that or... Sisters, oh, here we go. Sisters. <laughs> Please don't, guys.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. What's the other one? What's the one he hates? Spring Break. S- that's it. Spring Break. Yeah. Spring Shame breakers. on you. Spring Break versus Apparently, Paul Blart- this is the ball last cop. night I'm living.
1: Because <laughs> right. Paul Blurtball cop. We
0: got some show to do. Let's move on so I can not talk anymore because my mouth is not working. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you have too comfortable a chair. All right. Next match Mirror Mirror, March 2012, versus Snow White and the Huntsman, June. 2012. Mirror, mirror, an evil queen steals control of a kingdom and an exiled princess. Unless the help of seven resourceful rebels to win back her birthright. I kind of like that description of Snow White. It is pretty good. Now uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. To to the Snow point. White and the Huntsman. Uh, Bella Swan helps Thor fight against the Hold evil on, her queen. Her name is Bella. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a twist to the fairy tale, the huntsman ordered to take Snow White into the woods to be killed winds up becoming her protector and mentor in a quest to vanquish the evil and queen. Love these are very different because I was very excited for Mirror, Mirror because it's directed by Tarsem Singh. Who, who did The, the fall. fall. The yes. Fall is an amazing movie. And Lily Collins. Yeah, right. I absolutely adore her. And so this one came out. Julia Roberts is the evil queen. Who, and I don't really love Julia Roberts. Whereas the other one, Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. uh, Theron whatever, Theron. plays evil queen. But then you have Kristen Stewart and Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so, this is a toss up. Basically, Man, you want are to are all pick like, for Christmas do you like how this Thor? show is like, we're all kind of like, not, our hearts aren't in it, but yeah. let's vote. We have to defend this movie, even though it's like, because I really had high hopes for Mirror Mirror, and it disappointed me. And Huntsman outperformed. Uh, it had almost 400 million versus Mirror Mirror only having 183 million. Right. But I'm going to have to give this one to Huntsman simply because Mirror Mirror let me down, whereas Huntsman about hit where I thought it was going to. I didn't expect that. I thought you were going to choose Mirror Mirror. Yeah, I thought I would too, but. As much as I like Lily Collins, as much as I like Tarzan Singh, sorry. Well, you know, I uh, I had zero expectations for that movie. Like this one's going to be Huntsman terrible. or for Mirror Mirror, Mirror Mirror, ah. and I found it kind of charming because I had no expectation. It has moments. Yeah, I, I think I, I think my review said something. It's a magical world where accents disappear and reappear because uh, some people can hold them better than others. Right. So I have to choose between you two because Apparently, you've already made your choice, right, Jake? You chose Mirror Mirror, and I chose Huntsman. Yeah. Sure. Plot twist. I'm going to have to go with Mirror Mirror because you always choose Jacob. It, <laughs> it, it actually feels kind of like a European film. Why don't you guys, why why you guys just case? sit in the same chair and hug each other the whole show? All right, he never accepts. What you will? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what just happened? But and and I'm gonna say this: I do like Nick Frost and Bob Hoskins as the the dwarves, two of the dwarves. But it kind of has like this cool like. Neo fantasy twist Whoa. that was trying to exactly, <laughs> whereas like Mirror Mirror actually uses little people as the dwarves, and I feel like Snow White and the Huntsman was taking those jobs away. <laughs> so I'm so going. You already this is won a human rights issue. Going, <laughs> <laughs> going with Mirror Mirror, you two already <laughs> won. Agreed. Issue. Although if Lily Collins wins, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, she does. No help. <laughs> no help from you. Can't believe you. All right, next match is Iron Eagle. 1986 versus Top Gun, or I should say January 1986 versus Top Gun, May 1986. <laughs> Which one of these have you heard of? It's basically, and <laughs> I want to point this out, it's Air Force versus Navy. Iron Eagle, heroic young pilot Doug Masters. That's such an 80s name. <laughs> Sorry to our fans named Doug Masters out there. <laughs> I hope we have one. Lunch, if, if you if you are a fan named Doug Masters, let us still, <laughs> <No. know. laughs> please reach out to us. Launch, oh, oh, great. Now someone's going to create a Twitter, feed, Twitter oh, account. Please, on, don't, no, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Launch a rescue mission. <laughs> now they're going to even more. When his father, an Air Force veteran, is shot down over enemy territory and captured. And for Top Gun, Maverick writes checks that his body can't cash.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, as students of the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to, the be- compete to be the best in the class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom, like playing volleyball on the beach with the boys. <laughs> are you making...
1: Are you <laughs> Playing with
0: <laughs> <the boys? laughs> Did you read any of that, or are you just making that up? No, I read some of it, and then I... Yeah. So top, top Gun is Transformers Iron Eagle is GoBots <laughs> but, Iron, but Iron Eagle came first It's true Iron Eagle was the first movie And it it scored It got 24.1 million nationwide Whereas Top Gun got three hundred and fifty six. I actually watched Iron Eagle quite a bit back in the day I don't know I why I think too Because to, uh, Top Gun was a little bit more risque Than Iron I, Eagle You were watching Friday the 13th Around this time. <laughs> Not at this point <laughs> Not yet But <laughs> <laughs> and the Navy was actually heavily involved in top gun and made a lot of script changes. It basically became a Navy recruiting film and, and it worked. It did. The, uh, like, yeah. it did. Recruitment was really up, but yeah, it's top gun. Is there any question it's top gun? Yeah. That's yeah, top top yeah. Actually, Val Kilmer did not want to be in top gun, but it, it became one of his most iconic performances. Indeed it is. Iceman. Also, Iron Eagle had like four, no, three or four sequels, but none of them were good. Did it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Oh. Iron Eagle two, aces, Iron Eagle three and Iron Eagle on the attack. Fun fact about Top Gun, the real Top Gun school imposes a $5 fine to anyone in the staff that quotes the movie. (laughs) $5, that's not not huge. It's not huge. You can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> and then also Top Gun Academy Award winning Top Gun because it won best original song for Take My Breath Away. Boom boom. Oh, Twin Peaks? Boom boom.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. Okay, I got onto it. There and I go. have tweeted that before that those are very similar and I thought they should get after each other. All right, so Top Gun. All right. Next match is K Nine, April 1989 versus Turner and Hooch, July 1989. Two classic films, <laughs> which I also get confused with uh, K Nine because of Rin Tin Tin, K Nine Cop. Yeah, I kept getting that confused with the movie K Nine. I think Top Gun is probably the best movie we've mentioned on the show. I <laughs> know we're really talking <laughs> about. Hey, good I like Turner and Hooch. A pair of okay. Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone. tombstone. Sorry, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, uh, so K Nine. Like, this is Slim Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> to stop an elusive criminal a maverick detective played by John Belushi maverick enlist the aid of a police dog who is an unusually intelligent smart aleck and Turner and Hooch <laughs> a detective must adopt the dog of a dead man to help him find the murderer I hate the 80s <laughs> <laughs> why don't you guys just pick and we'll move on no but K nine is James Belushi and a, a German shepherd uh, Turner and Hooch is Tom Hanks and a French Mastiff German Mastiff no, a Turner a is actually, a Hooch is actually, Hooch is a Doge de Bordeaux. A Doge, actually. A Doge. It's and it's, it's Doge. one of the most ancient French breeds. Ooh. Uh, also, and I want to point this out, this is spoiler territory. This is spoiler territory. In Canine, the dog gets shot and lives. In Turner Hooch, the dog gets shot and dies. So, whichever one you want, go with that. I know which one Kent wants. I'm fine with dog death, so I'm going with Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Turner and Hooch, obviously is the more, it sounds so weird, Obviously, the more influential one. <laughs> For what? <laughs> because, <Influential>. it's been, <laughs> because it's been referenced so many other places. It's true. It's like, true. I remember there was a, there's a Scrubs episode when they, there's a doctor called Hooch. Our life and was it really Hooch wouldn't be the crazy. same without Turner and Hooch. No, <laughs> and uh, they bring a guy in Turner, and make a joke, and then uh, well, actually, on Late Night with Conan O'Brien when Tom Hanks came on, Conan brought out a preserved dog skeleton and claimed it was Hooch's and like <laughs> gave it to Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. Turner and Hooch actually influenced Toy Story because they did an animation test footage of uh, what's his name. Turner is E Turner or Hooch. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the dog. The dog. The cop. But he's like, "Don't eat the car." And they use that as uh, the Woody character to show Tom Hanks and he's like, "I've got to do this movie and I've got to huh. play it as that kind of character." Well, there you go. That's yeah. interesting. Well, also, uh there was a pilot episode of Turner and Hooch TV series sung starring Tom Wilson from Back to the Future, Biff. Oh, really? He was There was going to be a Turner and Hooch series, but hmm. I just think it's the better movie. So, It is. Turner and Hooch. Whew. Glad that settled. <laughs>
1: The most of all ages, (laughs) mostly
0: influential cop dog movie (laughs) of all time. Let's jump through the rest. I like it's like the best volcano movie, that's cop dog movie. (laughs) Oh man, it's late! All right, saving Private Ryan, July 1998 versus The Thin Red Line. Oh, we have to talk about these blackluster films, both up for an Academy Award for Best Picture which is that's the only time this entire list of twins when we get two Academy Award nominees. The Thin Red Line was up for Academy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know for it was nominated. Saving Private Ryan. Following the Normandy landings, a group of U.S. soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action. Bum, bum, bum. And then Thin Red Line. Terrence Malick's adaptation of James Jones' autobiographical 1960s novel focusing on the conflict at Guadal... I don't know, it's boring. <laughs> Actually, the movie is quite boring. Well, it's Terrence, Terrence Malick. It's Terrence Malick, which means it's going to be so beautiful to watch. But it's going to make you fall asleep. And Saving Private Ryan, I think everyone agrees that this this was the year that uh, Shakespeare and Love won. I think everyone agrees Saving Private Ryan should have won. It's got to go to Saving Private Ryan. And Jake, you'll be happy to know this, but I have more time size, more facts. Actually, so yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was. How re- big a weight did he throw at this guy? <laughs> right. No, Steven Spielberg was really on his case. And he said, if I see you using any drugs, because he was an addict mm-hmm. during any point of this movie, even if we're almost done filming, I will cut your part and I will reshoot it. At any point of the movie. I have a time so- Tom Sizemore's fact as well. You do? Really? Yeah. Because he was supposed to be in Thin Red Line, but he was offered a more substantial role in Saving Private Ryan. And when he could not contact uh, Terrence Malik, the director, for several days, he decided to do Steven Spielberg's film instead. He just decided that? And, yeah. Okay. And that's a good choice, right? Yeah. Although Thin Red Line has a great cast. I mean, it's a lot of people that weren't famous till a few years later, but like Jim Caviezel, Sean, well, Sean Penn, John Cusack, Adrian Brody, Jared Leto, Miranda Otto, John Travolta, and George Clooney.
1: That's yeah. quite a cast. John Travolta yeah. hadn't
0: been famous for years. <laughs> right. He's just but staying alive. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, saving, saving Private, Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. This one is going to be tough, guys. This right? one is going to draw blood. All right. I'm just going to tell you now. All right. Despicable Me, July 2010 <laughs> versus Megamind, November 2010. I actually asked that we take this one off the list. And I said no. (laughs) Why did I say no, Kent? Because you want me to choose Paul Blart Mall Cop again. (laughs) Yes, I do. All right, which one are you doing? Despicable Me. When a criminal mastermind uses a trio of orphan girls as pawns for a grand scheme, he finds their love is profoundly changing him. For the better. Can you do it in a a Groove voice? Uh, I don't even want to try. Do it in Groove voice. Can you? Yes, do it in Groove voice. Nope, not going to do it. (laughs) And for Megamind, the supervillain Megamind finally defeats his nemesis, the superhero Metro Man. Will Ferrell voice. But without... I can't do it. (laughs) But (laughs) But without a hero, he loses all purpose and must find new meaning in his life. So these are basically twin movies because they're both about a villain who has to become the hero against a bigger villain. I found this really interesting. I'm glad I did the research. I'm glad we kept this on the show because the directors wrote a language. You like this movie now? Because I learned more about minions, and that's what I love. Can't, whichever one you pick, whichever one wins, you still lose. <laughs> <laughs> is this Alien versus Predator? <laughs> this is Bacon Sale. Whoever wins, we we all lose. Let them fight. But there is a language called Minionese. How was Godzilla? Who, yeah, so Minyanese, anything they say that's gibberish actually translate to a real thing. Yeah, they have a language. Isn't that ridiculous? That's awesome. How is that awesome? It works it's for portuguese. Okay, okay. What does banana mean? What does banana mean? Tell me that. Banana. What? <laughs> I have to go to Spickle of Me at this point. Can do you know how to say Tupperware in Portuguese? No. Tupperware. Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you know how to say mall? Well, it's because it's a brand name, Shopping Center. No way. I'm not kidding. They're just cheating off America. (laughs) Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times awarded Megamind Megamind three out of four stars, stating, this setup is bright and amusing, even if it does feel uh, like recycled bits from such recent animated landmarks as The Incredibles with its superpowers and Despicable Me with its villain. Right. I do like the premise of Megamind. It's the what if Lex Luthor defeated Superman? What would happen at that point? With Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Jonah Hill, David Cross, and Brad Pitt. I don't love that I read on this fun fact. There are a total of sixteen face smashes throughout the movie. Like to me, that's just like face face, face smashes. smashes. What does that like, mean? People like hitting their face on the ground or door being slammed, like a face being slammed in the door, just like slapstick. You have something against face smashing? I do. I mean, unless my face is smashing against someone else, am I right? That's the last episode. <laughs> that's <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. Uh, but I'm gonna have to give it to Despicable Me. I think that it launched a franchise, which I always think. You know, deserves a little more respect, although they both did pretty well. Uh, spickle me had over 500 million. Mind had over 300 million. So they did all right. But in the end, I'm going with the spickle me. Go ahead, Kent. Let's see what you choose. Oh, my gosh. I cannot vote for the one that created minions. But I, nah, 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 I, nah, 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 I don't like Will Ferrell. I don't care for Brad Pitt. I, know, I don't, you care, for you I don't is, care for Jonah Hill. I don't care for Tina this, Faith. Why Cross? are you do like doing David this Cross? to me? Cross. Joel, I'm glad you made him. David knows. Cross in certain things, meaning Arrested okay. Development. Okay. That is it. Oh my gosh. Kent, remember in Mega Man how he says spider and it's funny the whole time every time he says uh. it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember the minions and how they still exist? <laughs> yeah, and, how they, and how they still exist and actually choose. are a way bigger franchise than Despicable Me. Oh my you gosh. Must choose, but choose wisely. Which thing do you wish didn't exist in the world anymore? Hey, more? Kent, if you agree with me, this argument's over. We can move on. It's so fluffy. It's got to be Despicable Me. Wait, say I vote for a Despicable Me. No! Please don't make he me said, do that. He said it's got to be. It's <laughs> got to be Despicable it's Me. It's got to be me. Uh, that, that was more amusing than I expected. I hate you guys. <laughs> Did you do this show just to put me in an awkward spot? A little bit. Next episode, watch Kent suffer. <laughs> Don't make that a thing. <laughs> oh, that is next week, actually. Actually, that's Joel Suffering next week. Oh, no. Next matchup Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, June 2012 versus Lincoln, <laughs> November 2012. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the, of the United States, discovers vampires are planning to take over the United States. He makes it his mission to eliminate them. Fun fact Spielberg almost directed Vampire Hunter instead. I wish. <laughs> I made that up. Lincoln tells the tale of Abraham Lincoln doing Lincoln things. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis stars as Lincoln both on set and off set. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's about uh,
0: right. As the Civil War continues to, a- to rage, America's president stu- struggles with continuing carnage on the battlefield as he fights with many inside his own cabinet on the decision to emancipate the slaves. And tells endless stories. Oh, God. And, and if anyone doesn't know about kind of these parody novels, and I mean, maybe, could you call them parody novels by Seth Graham yeah. Smith? Yeah, he did the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Everything Lincoln Vampire right. Hunter. Um. Yeah, like late two thousands. You know, they, these books actually hit it pretty big. Just because they're tongue-in-cheek they're a little bit funny but they take themselves kind of seriously mm-hmm. and so they made this movie and lincoln lincoln which was in development for maybe 15 years yeah like liam neeson was meant to play lincoln right. and then spielberg is like i need to find someone and then he's like daniel day lewis congress you do it? i have a particular set of skills <laughs> right <laughs> i would have killed to see that movie but spielberg actually daniel day lewis said no it's too iconic and leonardo dicaprio actually convinced daniel day lewis to be in this movie. Yeah, I saw a about that, actually. It took him years, right? Years. Years mm-hmm. to convince him. Well, and the funny thing, too, is about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, is there's actually a knockoff of that movie about Abraham Lincoln hunting zombies. And yeah. honestly, I hadn't seen it. Uh, my friend Bob Bedore, who runs Quickwits, Wits, he told me all about it, and it sounded like the better movie. Like, because, spoiler alert for Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter, he gets bit near the end. And so James Wilkes Booth... Uh, John Wilkes Booth. Booth, sorry, I gotta make stuff there John Wilkes Booth actually is doing him a favor Because he's taking him out Don't make it like it's a good movie It's this not, but that's a cool twist Redbox Asylum movie Yeah, exactly, it was, it was a cheap knock But I remember being like, oh, that's a kind of a cool twist Should we just vote between those two? Well, I was actually super excited for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter Because I was like, this is going to be fun And I don't like Lincoln that much Not the person, the movie Because I remember the whole time Like at the very first scene when it's like the the two slaves walk up to him and they're like, you know, one day, you know, maybe slaves will be free. And let me quote this speech that I probably heard once and had no time to memorize. And let me quote it to you. And then maybe one day we'll even have a black president. And then maybe <laughs> one day like it was like the whole the very first scene I was like, Wow, you guys are fortune telling here. Yeah. Like it, it kind of it felt like It was basically that. an in hindsight movie. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. And I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I was disappointed by Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. I'm gonna have to go for Lincoln. How do you say it's not fun when he is jumping on the back of a a stampede of horses chasing <laughs> down a vampire wielding an axe? Yeah, but Daniel Day Lewis did that wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was that wasn't Lincoln. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis would have like cried blasphemy if anyone <laughs> even brought the word vampire. I actually now when I see a quote by Abraham Lincoln. I always see vampire hunter right after it. If it's like a quote that's actually not attributed to him and I'm all, did you know he Abraham was actually like, bitten mm-hmm. at the end of his life? And that's oh, why there he was he killed? killed. Yeah. I heard that one time. Have you guys ever heard that by the way, that uh, if you take any first line from a story and then add the second sentences as then, and then the murders began that it becomes a much better story. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You gotta try it with some books at home. It's quite entertaining. It was the best of times, What it was the worst of times. And then the murders begin. Oh, that is wonderful. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. And then the murders begin. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was actually shipped to the cinemas with the code name Bloody Honest. <laughs> I wish the movie was called Bloody Honest. Um, I, for me, it's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I would watch this movie any day over Lincoln. I'll never watch Lincoln again. I thought it was boring and droll. Kent's voting for a movie that was produced by Tim Burton in 2012 sure. i will own that i've yeah, already owned tim, tim burton's not Paul out of Blart his <laughs> and despicable me and no, that's what you're doing you're just voting for abraham lincoln vampire because mary elizabeth winstead is in it you know it dang it i should have guessed that all right to break this tie fellas i'll very easily choose lincoln there you go because easily? easily because i actually kind of liked it oh and here's why
1: was that part when he
0: told the story and, the sto- and stared off into the distance? Look, the stories were were actually kind of endearing to me, even though there was way too many, right? But here's 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 why. This for the singular reason is I saw an interview with Spielberg where he said, "I've done more. I've already wanted that. I know how to do that. I know how to win. I want to make something totally different, something that's not Hollywoody, basically, and um and try to make it good." And, like, if you watch the movie, there is. He's doing one of those Lincoln monologues right now. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And And one day I talked to Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Steve, as I call him. stevie steven kevin stevie. all hanging out <laughs> anyway like and I, I think he did make a pretty good movie considering he didn't fall into tons of tropes that would have made the movie easily more entertaining like there was tons <laughs> of war he could have covered and he chose not to trying to do the harder thing it was an uphill battle that he chose and i still think he pulled it off so in because we need to make our movie more boring for me he chose the wrong time period of lincoln and totally botched everything you like to see him chop down the cherry tree yeah yes and a vampire was Washington. Too. Look, I would have preferred. <laughs> Why do you hate and America? And he never did that. He never Why did that. Why do you that? hate America? He never did that. He does hate America, but <laughs> yeah. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> and pie and... Uh, and dogs. And yeah, fireworks. And dogs and fireworks. Oh, yeah, fireworks. That's right. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Jobs 2013 versus Steve Jobs 2015. That is confusing to read for some reason. So yeah. Jobs is actually the Ashton Kutcher movie. Yes. Which is gives kind of like this whole life story. It's the story of Steve Jobs' ascension from college dropout into one of the most revered creative entrepreneurs of the 20th century. And then uh, Steve Jobs 2015 is the one by, it's created by Danny Boyle with uh, Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs takes us behind the scenes of the digital revolution to paint a portrait of the man at its epicenter. The story unfolds backstage at three iconic product launches, ending in 1998 with the unveiling of the iMac in the beginning of Apple worship for all the cult that follows him. That does not say that in the description. Says Come the cult cult on. <laughs> so almost all of the scenes in Jobs, the Ashton Kutcher one, I'm just going to keep calling the Ashton Kutcher one. Are you yeah. guys okay yeah, with that? That'll make it less confusing. Um, it's actually, they actually do a really good job. So they actually use, uh, go to Steve Jobs' parents' house and they film scenes in the garage and the house that Steve Jobs actually created That's or cool. helped to create Apple in. And the, in the AK one, that's what we're going to call it. Right. AK. Yeah. AK. AK. Yeah. And I don't understand. Okay. So Steve Jobs passed away in 2011, 2012. Sure. Something like that. And so that's probably why these happened around the same time. But the fact that there's two years between them and I just, I think that Danny Boyle honestly said I could do that one better. And, uh, Danny Boyle apparently had the blessing of Steve Wozniak, uh, because, but did he do it better? Well, when they asked Steve Wozniak about what he thought about Ashton Kutcher's movie, he said that it was, uh, he, he watched it as far as he, or he read the screenplay, and he said he read as far as he could stomach it, and then felt it was crap, and thought it was not at all real. And, but then Steve, uh, Ashton Kutcher said, yeah, he was being paid by another company to support their Jobs film, so of course he's going to bash on mine. Right, I actually think Ashton Kutcher does a good job as Steve, as Steve Jobs. I think he's the best part. And he doesn't get enough credit for the role, but the movie kind of glosses over a whole ton, whereas Danny Boyle's version, written by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin, you don't think think that that glosses over things? No, because it. It purposely picks out three distinct moments in Steve Jobs' and, life. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher's kind of goes his whole it's, life. It's a bottle. Epi- is, it's three bottle episodes. This is kind of showing different sections. And also, here's here's actually my disappointment disappointment about Steve Jobs is it was meant to star Christian Bale as Steve Jobs. He was linked to the project for a while, and then he backed out. It's not what you do on the outside of your app; it's what you do inside <laughs> that defines you. That's actually pretty good. That would be a good <laughs> commercial. And actually, Michael Fassbender, you know, he was asked about this, and he says. He's like, no, I'm actually upset at Christian Bale for not doing this movie. I called him and, you know, actually kind of got mad at him. And, you know, uh, yeah. And he says, I called him up and told him that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's where really the quote Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for,
0: uh, that uh, <laughs> right. That was quite a speechy game. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys. So Michael Fassbender <laughs> called Christian Bale and told him something. He says he would have been perfect to play Steve Jobs, (laughs) and he would have been. But Michael Fassbender does a very good job, even though he doesn't really look the part. Yeah, but we're going to give it to Steve Jobs, right? The Danny Danny Boyle movie. I'm not the biggest Aaron Sorkin fan, but this movie is tight and tense. All right, next match. Only, what, two more? Yep. The Illusionist. Yes, The Illusionist. Moving on. 2006 versus The Prestige. October. 2006. Prestige, 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 The Illusionist. Prestige, in the turn, prestige. in turn of century. You trying to remember what that one is? Yeah, what is prestige? Prestige. I don't know. Kent really wants me to do that Magic. in that summary, huh? Okay. Oh, no, you, yeah, you go with Illusionist. No, nope. Do Illusionist. Too bad, too bad, You already started. Go with Illusionist. A movie tries to be an avant-garde
1: no, magical no, movie and it, it stars <laughs> Jessica Biel. Just Bill. do it.
0: In turn of the century Vienna, a magician uses his abilities to secure the love of a woman far above his social standing. Two stage musicians engage in competitive one-upmanship in an attempt to create the ultimate stage illusion. Magic. (laughs) I'm playing my hand here, but the Prestige is maybe the best movie that we've mentioned on this show so far. Okay. Yeah, Joel doesn't really care for it. For me, it is the perfect three X structure, and the way they that Michael three X structure structure three eggs. Omelets. Three eggs. Uh, is that what I said? I don't know. <laughs> so the way Michael Caine describes... Michael Caine. Each magic trick, that is the way each act is in this movie. Narration is essential in all movies. Once you actually see the prestige <laughs> that happens at the end well, of... I'm Australian there. The prestige. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you're actually mad because you're going, man, I really hate the character. I liked the entire time. But that's the thing. You should never know a magician's trick and this movie shows you at the end and you're, you're, you're mad about it. But the fact is, this movie is... Almost perfect. Almost. What makes it unperfect? I'll tell you what it doesn't have, though. It doesn't have Edward Norton. It doesn't have Paul Giamatti. It doesn't have Jessica Beale. And it doesn't have oh. a soundtrack composed by Philip Glass. Yeah. Philip Glass, Kent. Yeah. You've expressed your love for Philip Glass before. Do not deny it. Admit it, Kent. I, I like Koskioski or whatever. That's pretty much it. Roger Ebert gave the, gave the prestige three out of four stars, describing the revelation at the end, a, quote, fundamental flaw and a, quote, cheat. How much, how much money did each movie make? Uh, Prestige made $109 million. Illusionist made $87 million. Hmm. And uh, Prestige eked out this Rotten Tomatoes win with 76% over 74% for The Illusionist. So it's yeah. Edward Norton in a bad goatee. And Grant, okay, I actually shouldn't, shouldn't hit on it because I kind of like The Illusionist, but kind of like compared to Love, it's it's far different. And so ju- Batman, Jessica Biel, Wolverine, and the Goblin King hanging out in a movie makes it good for you. Absolutely. David Bowie is Nicholas Tesla. Absolutely. I love it when musicians cameo in movies Love it A musician who's acted in several movies And is fantastic <laughs> And perfect for the eccentric Nicholas Tesla. Mm. No, seriously, this is near perfection So you're voting for the prestige? Well, obviously Okay, me too Really,
1: <laughs> this whole
0: show, Joel. Oh
1: Can't, my god, the This, so this funny. whole
0: dang show, <laughs> <laughs> the prestige is a fantastic film. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that, re- I, I could hug you expect, right now and punch that. you <laughs> in the face. Joel, I'm so grateful you didn't make me pick The Illusionist over Prestige. So <laughs> that would have been bad. That would have been like, let through know, the Joker. The all over Illusionist again. is actually a nice story, I've seen it twice. But just, it does rely too much on classic filmmaking. Like 1920 is sort of like where it fades in and phase at, fades out. And it, it's, there's not much there other than film technique. Mm-hmm. It's a nice story about love, but that's pretty much it. The Prestige is and really the, smart and there's no getting around that, brilliant. right? But it's so dark. It made me like, I felt sad. At no, but the that, end. Like, know, so I felt, did I. Yeah. I felt sad for days But that's actually, kind afterwards. of the point. Like that's the point is whenever you, whenever you real, uh, realize what a magic trick is, whenever you realize what the trick is. It's disappointing, and that's exactly what the film does: is pull the rug out from under you and be like, "Told you you didn't want to know how it was done." Remember that guy you like? He's the worst. Ugh. He is the worst. Killed a bird in a cage. <laughs> that's it. Hugh Jackman <laughs> does a great job in that, though. He means. does. Yeah, yeah. The loo- it's sad that these movies are so compared because they really are different movies. They just both happen to be about okay. magicians. Yeah, magic movies. Yeah, and then Magic Mike came around and became the best magic movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting quoted. No! (laughs) And finally. Are you ready for the final round? This is the end. What are we going to (laughs) do? This is the end. Yes, I said that. 2013 versus... The World's End, August 2013. But it was the first, what was oh the, June 2013. So June and August. So these are both summer movies. This is the end. While attending a party at James Franco's house, the, I, by the way, I'm not reading these characters. Is names. this Spring Break you're talking about? Right? Yes. Is this the one spring for Spring break? break? Basically. No. What I should say is, Sony gave James Franco and his buddies a hundred million dollars <laughs> to make an apocalypse movie, and they starred as themselves. Yeah.
1: Is that, is that your summary? And it's a biblical apocalypse. All right. and because that's
0: embarrassing. They're going to be really respectful to a biblical apocalypse. The World's End. Five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub, pub crawl from 20 years earlier unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. And this, The World's End is the third and last part of the Blood and Ice, C- Ice Cream trilogy, which includes Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. You know, Joel, that's all good, and, that's all good and fun, but was your movie... <laughs> Was it the last film rented at a Blockbuster? The last film ever rented a Blockbuster video in Hawaii, and it's called This is the End. That's kind of fitting, actually. That's pretty funny. That is kind of funny. And it's I like how someone I'm... never returned it. That sounds apocryphal, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first, I was going to say the first video on MTV was Video Killed the Radio Star. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. A yeah, little bookend thing there. Hmm. At the World's End, a lot of fun. Not my favorite of the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. That would be Shaun of the Dead. But I really Hot enjoyed it. Me. Yeah. Which I thought was so weird. Uh, but actually, Edgar Wright started writing um, at the. I keep saying at World's End. I'm sorry. The World's that's End Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, at the age of 21, and he started kind of writing this, and it's been one that's been building for a while. I really like the main characters' last names all have royal slash court connections. So Gary King, Andy Knightley, Peter Page, Stephen Prince, and Oliver Chamberlain. Because mm-hmm. the whole movie kind of follows this whole path of like the bars are very uh, royal. In a way, mm-hmm. but it's also an alien attack movie where they like have to dismember aliens the entire movie, and, and it's hilarious. that is hilarious. Like the way they did the aliens, I thought was wonderful. The bathroom scene was pretty cool. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. That, that sounds weird. That does sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, thinking whereas, that too. <laughs> whereas I will say this: um, James Franco and Seth Rogen and their all their buddies and Michael Stairs in this movie, and it's kind of funny Emma for the Watson's five minutes in there. that movie. Yeah, and Channing Tatum's here. There is an audience for this, and I cannot take that away from these guys. It does sound funny. This is the end. No, well, it's like they're they're playing them like exaggerated versions of themselves and what they would do in an apocalypse. That is a not, funny premise. Not only does it sound funny, but if you're really into rated R comedy, like this is your jam. Like there are scenes where they are ad-libbing and it is disgusting dialogue. Mm-hmm. But it's so much of it that you're like, really, these guys will just keep going. And the camera keeps filming. Danny McBride is there being as gross as ever. And so, so normal Danny McBride. Right. So for the audience, this is... Is like almost the perfect movie. I've heard people rave about this. And the ending is actually pretty great because, spoiler alert, they does all, anyone care? They all die. I read it. They they all die. They go to heaven. And the Backstreet Boys are performing <laughs> up in heaven. And it is actually hilarious. Here's the other funny thing about this. Uh, this is the end. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the World's End got wow. 89%. But still, 83% for That's raunchy, Rainbow Seth Rogen comedy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right Tomatoes. And during production, the movie was actually, uh, This is the End, was called The Apocalypse, and then they changed it to The End of the World, but then they just changed it to This is the End because he actually, Seth Rogen contacted Simon Pegg, or Simon, excuse me, Simon Pegg contacted Seth Rogen and said, hey, our movie's called The World's End. Can you take off that part of your name? Because uh, it was The End of the World, so they just changed it to This is the End. So there was a collaboration there. They knew each other working on the same type. And these are grouped together because they're apocalyptical. Apocryph- apocalyptical Mm-hmm movies there's a clear winner here there's the trashy one and there's the one that completes one of the greatest trilogies and trilogies i I say that in quotes and that's why i'm voting for paul blart mall cop (laughs) (laughs) and that's why i'm voting for despicable me he said
1: it (laughs) he said it dang it, true (laughs) what have
0: i done yes so ken's going for the trashy one and if ken (laughs) if ken i didn't vote for at world's end dang it the world's end Every time we would have to take our, our our movie our film buff card away because we're both Edgar Wright fans. At the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, it's going to win this one. Absolutely. I'm full of shock right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 14 year old Jacob, what are you
0: doing here at your birthday party? I love I love Tombstone. Let's watch Tombstone <laughs> <it> again. <laughs> again. I'm going to eat Tombstone while watching Tombstone and and engraving my own tombstone. <laughs> wow. This got kind of morbid. Actually, you do have a ranch. Is there are there tombstones out there? No, there's not tombstones. Are you sure? They're probably bodies not oh, <laughs> Jacob See? doesn't he mark the it. graves. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it. Uh, Your murders <laughs> tend, And that's when the murders began. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this uh, <laughs> this random discussion of twin movies. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter or you can find me at QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or just go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and find Bacon Sale on Twitter uh, at Bacon Sale. And go follow us there because I know a lot of you listen that aren't following us there. Yeah. And we communicate a ton with you guys and it's a lot of fun and we throw qu- out quotes from the show. And uh, seriously, Twitter is a pretty great place for to follow Bacon Sale. Yeah, and let us know if you agree with the choices we made or if you disagree because we love to argue. Well, Kent does. So until next time, this, this, has, has been, been Bacon Sale, Bacon Sale. So I've got some issues. Let's talk <laughs> about the issues that Kent has. What are future females exactly? Future females. (laughs) From the future! (laughs) Like Cylons, like number six? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like number six. Yeah, see? Growly pants. Democracy. Democracy. Democracy Democracy should go. Democracy from Sean Connery. Democracy. it will be a lot easier to talk about this later. Hello, democracy. (laughs) Is that a word? No. Yeah, why don't you Google a little muscle while you're down there? That's not kid-friendly at all. If we put the show together, Joel, he'd be in trouble right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: but you don't. I've never
0: seen myself naked on camera before.
1: So this is a little weird.
0: You're not recording. Oh crap! Just say stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> you're in everything. This is Hopper territory. Hopper takes the win. Which people will survive? Yes. Choose between these ugly babies. Scientifically accurate. Mm. I, I trust Michael Bay, and I'm so comfortable that I'm, like, I'm slowing down.
1: For my Hold birthday, on. I want to Did watch you... Tombstone twice.
0: <laughs> he makes some bad decisions. Yeah, he does.
1: No one yeah. came to my Tombstone party.
0: On my list of volcano movies, this is number one. Oh. The choice is easy. the Chukarama. The second most desirable place to live in America. He wants to ask it if he can kiss it. I use the metric system. <laughs> I do. <laughs> How terribly embarrassing for humans. I'm the one who defines meaning here, Kevin. I'm the one who agrees with you. You better watch out. It's all about King Julian! Kevin's on a segue, and he's fat. I don't know why that's a fun fact. In a world where I vote for Paul Blart Mall Cop, in a world, it's the last day I want to live. Plot twist! My mouth is not working.
1: It's why don't I just Kids? sit on the same
0: chair and hug each other the whole show? Alright, he never accepts. What? You will? <laughs> I learn more about minions, and that's what I love. Must
1: choose, but choose wisely.
0: Whichever one wins, you still lose. Watch Kent suffer. <laughs> the bathroom scene was pretty cool. It's really funny. Yeah? That, that sounds
1: weird. That does sound weird. <laughs> I am full of shock right now. I love Tombstone. <laughs> Is that Jacob's growl?